Welcome to I Am The Image. We are a group of black seminarians discussing culture, theology, and everything else. New group of folks at the table. We got Ashley. What's up, Ashley? How you doing? Hey, (laughs) y'all. And we got Christian. What's going on, Christian? Yo, what's up? I'm Carlos Harbour. Hey, we are new to each other, for real. Me and Christian have known each other for a while. Me and Ashley, but a couple months. So we're going to spend some time getting to know each other. I'm going to ask you, what brought you to seminary? You know, uh, I guess I'll just start since I already started. But (laughs) for me, um, it was part of my faith journey. And being here, I realized that it's it's not it's very, very academic. So coming in, it's different than what I thought. But I realized that um, through the pressing and all the demands, I really, really have to depend on the Lord and really be um, well, you just be dependent on him and um, really communicate with him, speak with him on a really bit. Uh, daily basis, really seeking his will before I do anything. Not the way I thought I would have to, but um, really I came to be closer to God and, and it has definitely brought me closer. Okay. Okay. What about you, Christian? Uh, I do ministry in Haiti, so I run a mission organization named Why Not Missions. Going to throw that little plug out there one time. Um, and so working with pastors and the people in Haiti um, and trying to lead an organization, I realized that I needed to be better equipped um, and have a better backing and foundation and understanding of what I believe, what I'm teaching, the, what I'm teaching others, but also um, how to equip, enable, and empower people that I'm serving. So um, I realized that where I was at was not at a spot that we'd be able to grow or move forward, um, and that if I really wanted to love um, the people that I'm serving best and serve them best, I would need to get um, more education. Um, and so that is why I chose to go to seminary. That's what's up. That's what's up. So what are y'all, I know what Christian's studying, but Ashley on another level. Um, I am actually doing a double major of theology and licensed biblical counseling. Yeah. Me I'm a lifer. <laughs> what do you, you want to do with it? Okay, so my mission statement is I want to build um, healthy, thriving communities and focusing on marriage and family in the urban context in the United States and across the world. Ooh, I like that. That's what's up. See, yeah. I got a mission statement too, and I don't got it memorized. So <laughs> I have to memorize it because people are always like, well, wh- why would you do that? Well, what are you going to do with it? So now I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, Christian, you just studying, well, you just studying theology. You're doing the THM. Yeah. Why is that? Uh, so the THM, um, for those who don't know, it's a four-year program. I don't really know how it's a four-year program if you have a full-time job and you're involved in ministry because there's a 120 hours, which is the same as an undergrad. So, you know, uh, it's very interesting. Um, oh, yeah. It's not going to take me four years, but I'm studying the THM, and so we also learn Greek and Hebrew in that. Um, and then I have an emphasis on cross-cultural ministry and pastoral ministry um, because you never know. One day I may want to be a pastor or, you know, uh, just have that in my, my quote-unquote back pocket. Um, and so I thought with the THM I would get more exposure to different courses and things like that and the understanding of the original languages. That's what's up. That's what's up. What about you, Carlos? Tell the people, because we haven't been on this in like a, over a year. That's true. That's true. What brought me to seminary? I did not plan on coming to seminary. I knew... Um, I wanted to teach all the time since I was uh, a teenager. I wanted to teach. Um, And after college, I stepped into a social work uh, position. And that's kind of where I was going. Me and my wife 
decided that we were going to go to law school. Uh, I was going to pursue a double um, degree, one in law and one in uh, social work. And my wife is going to go um, just to law school and we're both going to practice family law. But a couple years back, the Lord really pressed in our heart to look in a seminary. So we looked at Dallas, which I had already heard about, um, applied, didn't think I could get in, got in, we moved to Dallas. Uh, my wife ended up going to cosmetology school. So she is now a full-time hairstylist. I am uh, working in missions, a missions organization, going to seminary. And it's all because uh, I really want to know the things of God uh, at a, the highest level I can, be able to communicate that to my culture and the people who are interested in learning. Um, in the classroom, uh, first and foremost, I think I want to teach uh, and specifically be a resource to black students on uh, predominantly white campuses. Because mm-hmm. uh, that was I, that was really important to me when I was on uh, when I was an undergrad. Uh, the black professors I had really took care of me, um, mm-hmm. taught me a lot um, personally and academically. I just really appreciate having that resource. So I want to be that for other black students, and also I want to. Um, going to ministry whenever capacity the Lord calls me into. So if that's being a lead pastor, I'll follow God. If that's being a, uh, working in missions or fellowship, wherever God wants me to be, uh, in ministry, I'll be that. Um, don't really have a goal in mind. Uh, I'm comfortable with all of the above, but I know that I want to teach, um, in higher ed. So that's why I'm here in seminary. So question for y'all. Y'all decided to come to seminary. What made y'all decide to say yes to hosting a podcast, another podcast? I just heard somebody say every millennial got a podcast. So what made y'all decide to come on board? Uh, me, I have a lot to say. Okay. That, 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 is the, that is the most condensed version of the answer that I can give you, but I definitely have a lot to say. Uh, I would second that. I think uh, having a podcast or being a part of a podcast is a good platform and you honestly have no idea who's going to listen to it or if anybody's going to listen to it so it's honestly too of just a conversation with the people in the room or you can even do it online um to kind of just voice your opinions and your thoughts um and so if others listen to it great um so i like that opportunity to be able to share with others about our experience and how we see things um, from a christian perspective um, on the topics that we're going to be talking about uh, this semester. Yeah, yeah. I would say I got a lot to process. Like, I uh, I process things. It takes me a while sometimes. And verbal processor. Yeah, verbal processor. It takes me... <laughs> That's me, verbal. <laughs> it takes me a minute. Like, I was just... I was listening to something today. I don't remember what it was. It was some podcast. And I kept on having to take a break, pause the podcast, just to think about what they're saying. So that's me. I'm, I get not distracted. I just have to think through things through. And I thought... Why not invite people into my process? So we left because of so many things. COVID, a transition in our little group, all of that. But where we're going now, we have at least eight episodes coming our way. We're going to talk about why I am the image. We're going to talk about the image of God and why we can claim that for ourselves. We're going to have a conversation about apologetics and missions Christian oversees a mission organization. Oh, I work for an mission organization. We talk about gender issues, uh, why seminary is needed, 
uh, reasons for the local church or the church in general. And we just discussed how each of us have our own personal opinions on recent topics like COVID-19. So we're going to fit in an episode about that <laughs> sometime. So at least those episodes uh, are coming your way. We have a recording schedule uh, that we have set and we're going to stick to it. I was just thinking about how I hate podcasts that have one episode then go away. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, kinda like uh, I'm the image part one. I know. <laughs> I, when I when we first started, I was like, I hate, we cannot do that. Then we did it. And we are coming back. Coming uh, back stronger. Stronger. We will have Humble. multiple episodes. <laughs> right. And and not everybody agrees on every topic that's what we're going to talk about. So even in this room, we may talk about one thing and everybody has different opinions, like you were saying. So I'm excited about that aspect. I'm excited too. If you had to wrap yourself up in a, I don't know, 30 second, one minute, Elevator pitch, what would you say? Who are you? Okay, y'all looking at me. <laughs> so, if I had to do a 30 second, one minute to one minute elevator pitch, it would start something like Are you dissatisfied with the way your life is going? Do you think there has to be something more than this? I Am I stuck on a, a hamster wheel? Well, I'd like to introduce you to. Uh, someone who can help you think a little bit differently about your life. So I'm going to be that different person. I would say that if the most mundane situation, I'm going to give you the most red pill, um, woke, I'm doing quotations with my fingers, uh, thought process um, and options for every part of your life that will make you say, wow, this is really... Um, God's infinite universe and it's really infinite okay I think that's it I like that that was deep I was in deep thought (laughs) deep thought right there what about you Christian Um, I'm going to take a different approach Um, I think my 30 second to a minute um, I guess elevator pitch would be um, for some odd reason for some odd reason, I am in love with Haiti. Um, I'm not Haitian at all. Um, there's nobody in my family who is Haitian, but I have a heart and passion for Haiti. Um, and so that's where I feel like I've been called to serve. So um, somehow, way, shape, or form, Haiti always gets thrown into a conversation that I have. Um, and so I just want to try to make a difference there um, in that country and help uh, spiritually and physically impact the lives um, there with the gospel. Um okay. And I love uh, working out. I love college football. Um, what I like hanging out with friends. I like barbecuing uh, and grilling. Um, what else would I say? I'm very passionate about what I do um, and hardworking. Um, and I have a very hard time saying no um, to new opportunities or to new scheduling things. So um, I'll have a full schedule all the time and then I'll complain about it. And I'm the exact same person that says yes to all of it. So mm-hmm. that is something that I'm definitely trying to uh, work on um, and grow in. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, I guess the classic uh, bio, I am, you know, son of God, uh, married to Brianna, a seminarian, social worker at heart. Um educator but uh at the core i think i just i i I like to think i like to process i like to example i spent 
an hour long meeting with my boss and the whole time I distracted her with stuff I'm just thinking about <laughs> <laughs> as it relates to uh, biblical issues and communicating truth. And we're supposed to be talking about my week's goals. And I spent like 50 minutes talking to her about what I'm thinking about. And then she gave me a to-do list in the last two minutes. So awesome. At the core, I just I just like to think, I like to process, I like to communicate uh, what I'm thinking about. So that's me uh, to my core. Um, and that's probably why I'm at seminary, so I can think better, uh, think more clearly, and communicate uh, what I'm thinking about in a, in a good way, in a good form, clearly, because I am not always clear. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's me, that's me. Okay. Uh, reflection. We have been in the craziest year I think there has been known to men, um, starting with COVID. Um, that shifted all of our lives, uh, moving on down to social issues, um, multiple deaths, multiple uh, just uh, destruction um, in our community or in uh, the culture from pol politics and everything else. How have y'all been thinking about processing? What would y'all's reflections be over the past year or year and a half rather um, as we've had to sit in isolation and watch all that things happen over social media or the news? I think for me, it has been a time to really see what's really real in life uh, with people or relationships it's like um it's kind of like you know the 20s before the co uh the dust bowl cotton bowl whatever it was yeah. where they were all that family you know um they were all living it up and then as soon as that stuff hit everybody was um starving so you start seeing people who people really are when they don't have all that stuff so i feel like it was kind of the same way i mean we were socially starved um for sure uh, we didn't really, we couldn't have community, and that is how God created us. So I think it was some tribulations, some pressing for a lot of people. Um, for me, I really, <laughs> this might sound crazy, but I kind of enjoyed it because my husband had to stay home with me a lot. So I really, I enjoyed that a lot. I'm like, you know, you can't go nowhere now. It's like, <laughs> you're online, everything's locked down. And um, one of my professors, I'm going to give a shout out to Dr. Doreen Kubikok. She told me that uh, in World War One and Two, the children actually were happier during those times because of the same reason like their parents had to stay with them but then mm -hmm. after the war time they all went back to work and you know playing their canasta games and stuff and ignored the kids so um it's just interesting how things affect our society so i would say um it's definitely been a time of um pressing and revealing in my opinion mm. yeah yeah that's interesting i would say a reflection on the children like me and my wife we, you know, we we have our couple disagreements, but I think our communication has gotten healthier over the past year, year and a half, as we just had conversations about how we how we think and um, how we uh, respond to each other. It's been a year of growing in communication between us, you know, as we, you know, have typical marriage struggles. So that's an interesting point. I think the same thing. What about you, Christian? Uh, I think for me. Uh 2020 was a year of realizing my surroundings, mm -hmm. meaning that 
people will act one way towards you in person, but then um, whenever you're away um, or they don't think you're watching, they act a completely different way. I mean, whether that's the election, whether that's uh, or the social unrest, whatever that is, you know, I think that made me realize up, uh, really start to question who's actually for me um, and who's in my corner. Not even necessarily me personally, Christian Jackson, but people who look exactly like me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, what I was trying to explain to people um, is that if you didn't know me, if you didn't know that I went to seminary or that I have a nonprofit slash ministry or whatever it may be, um, that I would look exactly like the people that you're afraid of. Of mm-hmm. uh, beard, tattoos, taller guy, bigger guy, you know what I mean? And that people are like, oh, well, you're different. I'm like, well, that's just because you know me. So mm-hmm. what makes me different? You know, so right. really trying to understand and realize that, but also too, um, really struggling with the church and how we do missions um, in the sense of we love going to black and brown countries, um, but then whenever the black and brown people need help here, we're not about it. Mm. Um, so really trying to process and struggle with that I'm going to ask myself why that is and what can I do as somebody who is black and serves in a black country how do I you know what is what do I do here in the states in my home to make an impact Mm -hmm. just to that point too I don't I like to bring you know this is a, a podcast for black students I like to bring up the perspective that a lot of times when we go I would say we as the church in America in general, not just the black church. Sometimes that stuff is kind of like seen as a vacation place like New Guinea. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the that's the spot to hang out. You want to be a missionary, go to Guinea and retire. You know, it's beautiful and the weather is great and all this stuff. And it's not really about the people. This is very selfish. And that that really irks me because I feel like we are so exploited as people. It's ridiculous. Like right now. We're exploited because of, um, you know, police brutality. Well, police actually started in this country uh, to chase runaway slaves. It's mm, never, tell them. It's never been uh, for our benefit. So why all of a sudden now all this, uh, all of a sudden Black Lives Matter? What happened to, I mean, I thought they always mattered, but it's just, you know, anything you can use us for, if it's labor, if it's to push something, whatever it is, you can find a black person and stick their face on it and push your um, your agenda or your organization or your profit. So I'm like, we we really just come out in this country. I think the sooner we realize that and make a, a, our money count for us, we'll be doing a lot better. Yeah, yeah. For the good or the bad, I think that, like you said, we can put a black face on things that are positive. They want to p- push in the culture, mm-hmm. but also things that are the negative. I remember uh, a professor told me years ago that um, when the 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 fight on or the war on poverty started, the face of poverty poverty became black. Mm-hmm. Um, although you know most people who are living um, below the poverty line or in majority culture. So I think that we are we're exploited in that sense too. Hey, we can put a black face on crime, we can put a black face on poverty, when the statistics reflect uh, a different narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, and so black people are sometimes uh, highlighted as the low as the low, but mm-hmm. we're just we're people. You know? We are people. I think the problem is that black people are very passionate people. So mm-hmm. as soon as you say black. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get a reaction, and I think that's what they just what they need to start their fire on whatever it is. Yeah, and you can't escape that. So that's why I, too I try to push people think about what's going on because they know you're gonna react, and that's exactly what they want you to do. So think about it for a second before you act. 
See, we can go into that. Because I got a difference. I, let me talk. I think about it this way. I, um, my favorite author, Toni Morrison, uh, coined the phrase, I believe she coined the phrase, uh, the white gaze. Mm. Um, and that's acting um, in a way that considers who's watching you. So there's a white gaze, there's a male gaze, there's all those gazes. Um, I don't think that black people should live their lives with the white gaze in mind. Mm. So when I'm in class or when I'm uh, doing whatever I'm doing, I'm not going to consider my actions through the lens of the white gaze. Mm. I'm going to consider my actions through the lens of how I was raised, what my values are, um, what I want to achieve, and if someone doesn't like it, then that's for them to deal with. Mm. If you don't like I'm, if you don't like the fact that I'm speaking up in class, and you feel like it's aggressive or whatever, that's not my issue. That's your issue. So you should deal with it. Mm. I'm not going to pretend like I'm something or someone else because you might have a negative opinion on black people as a as a whole. Mm. Um, racism, uh, according to Toni Morrison, she suggests that. Racism is not uh, a black issue. It's a it's a white issue. It's the people who are racist. The people who are racist should find ways to deal with their racism. I I'm I feel like I have to deal with the consequences of racism, but I'm not going to spend my life consumed with the solution. Because that's not an issue that I have. That's not my issue. My issues are how racism has affected me and my community. And that's what I have to spend my time um, uh, evaluating and solving. Christian, you got something? I, I want to I say something. You look say like it. you look. Okay, for me, I, Carlos, I'm going to tell you, it really touches my heart to hear you say that as a black man. Because you know that's what's sorely missing from our community. I'm so glad that you were focused on how can I help my people. Mm-hmm. Oh, if we had like like 10% more brothers that think like that, what would our community look like? So mm-hmm. I feel you 100%, and I'm so glad to hear that. Hear you say that. At the same token, I don't mean that we shouldn't do something because of white gaze. I, I definitely know it's present, but I want to I want to convert that passion into a form that is that is penetrative. And I probably just made up that word, but when I mean penetrative, mm-hmm. I want that white person to be aware of their white gaze, be aware of how I feel about it, and be aware about how I feel about what they just did or said, and think about it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say, do all that stuff, but I think something, especially us as black people in higher education, we have to learn how to um, convert our anger, our frustration, our sadness, our pain into a way that they cannot resist. It's kind of like like um, when the Lord told uh, his father, he said, I was going to give you an argument that um, they won't be able to resist. Mm-hmm. Something like that, because we can't just keep pushing them off, right? They are the majority. And the more you just kind of like push it off, the more you're going to be facing it. So to me, I'm just going to start putting those seeds in like, you know what? I hear what you're saying, but this is what I think in a way that you can think about it. Mm-hmm. And I really do. We probably do a whole other podcast on this, but I think there's very seriously um, a disconnect in how we view the world and how we process things, and that is why there's a disconnect in the communities. Mm. That's that. That's another podcast. <laughs> and I think that I'll just say something quick on that. 
to piggyback on what Ashley just said. I think um, there may be some people that are listening to this right now and saying, oh, well, that's not true. Or, I don't see that or I don't believe that. And it's my thing is look at what happened in 2020 mm-hmm. of how divided the church was, of how do we have um, – 80% of black evangelicals voting blue, 80% of white evangelicals bo- uh, voting red. Y'all believe the same gospel, believe in the same God. You can't tell me that there's not a divide or disconnect there. Um, and if, again, if, if we are learning the same things, reading the same Bible, then how come there's this this uh, muddy water? You know what I mean? And so it's like, yeah, this, this is real. Um, and it's podcast number one. It's and number one. This is the intro, y'all. Make sure y'all come back now. <laughs> so I, that's all I'm going to say because I can I can say a lot on it. But yeah, um, yeah, it's real. And I think, too, of again, uh, uh, our hope and goal with this podcast is, is how do we approach these things with a gospel-centered, kingdom-minded focus? Exactly. You know what I mean? Instead of uh, like everybody else because we're not everybody else. You know, as a believer, we are uh, children of God. I am the image. You know what I mean? And so yeah. how do we... You know, make Christ known, expand the church, expand the kingdom, and disciple people, um, but also give you a um, Christian uh, uh, believer perspective. So, uh, I'm excited to to get more into that and to to try to uh, make people think like Ash was saying, but also to have okay, how can we educate and not even educate, but help bring light to uh, black people and also white people? Okay, how do we you know build this bridge? Um, that way we can try to move forward because it's, I feel like it's the same things that said over and over and over. Yep. You know, of 2020, we really wasn't that new. It was just highlighted. Right. If I can just summarize that typical conversation, the black guy says, I'm angry, and the white guy says, so what? Uh, you know, like, get over it. <laughs> that's that's yeah. the basic conversation every every two chapels that we have uh, for Black History Month. <laughs> um, you know, that's pretty much what happens. So, you know, let's go a little bit further than that, our graduate and PhD level students. Right. Well, with that being <laughs> said, we appreciate y'all for joining us for the second episode of I Am The Image. There are many more to come, many more topics to discuss and some solutions to consider. We are going to record uh, this first one and then y'all can look for them, what, every two weeks after that? I think that's what we have. Yeah, I think it's every two weeks. It's like the, yeah, the first week of each month and the third week of each month. Okay. Okay. And if you like this podcast, we really appreciate if you share this with uh, family and friends, post on your Instagram, Facebook, email, text it, whatever it is, and follow it on whatever platform that you are listening to this. So until next time, we are a group of black seminary students discussing issues of theology and culture and everything else.